0: You're listening to What the Policy, a podcast where young people talk about public policy issues, ideas, and how it all works, but without the politics and the confusing language. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode five of What the Policy. I'm really excited because I am joined by Luke Ryken. He is the policy manager at the Youth Affairs Council Victoria. And today we're going to talk about their submission to the Royal Commission into the mental health system in Victoria. Thanks so much for joining me.
1: We're excited. We've done a lot of work uh, to get our submission up into the Royal Commission. And so we're excited to get out there and to talk to lots of people. And to make sure that everyone understands how it's really important to support young people in the development of a new mental health system that works for everyone.
0: Yes. All right, so I guess before we get into what the Royal Commission looks like in Victoria, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about Youth Affairs Council Victoria.
1: So Youth Affairs Council Victoria is basically a peak body both for young people, so that's people between 12 and 25, as well as the youth sector. So it's the sector that just works with young people generally in Victoria we really strongly advocate for youth participation and really what that's all about is making sure that the government and the entire community actually work with young people when they're actually making decisions that will affect them really because young people are experts in their own lives and they're the ones that really should be making decisions and being consulted when decisions are made about them. Um, In particular, we advocate for marginalised young people, so that's young people that might be in out-of-home care or in the justice system, who often don't get heard unless there's someone standing up for them, asking them what they need, and then bringing that voice through to government. So that's one really important thing we do. We have a few targeted services, so the Youth Disability Advocacy Service. Mm. So that's the only type of disability service in the country that's specifically for young people. They do individual advocacy, so they'll work with young people to... Um, help them with issues with the National Disability Insurance Scheme or perhaps their school. And then we also have YACVIC Rule, which is our rule agency that works with young people in rural and regional Victoria who often face a different set of factors that might amplify some of the experiences they might have or disadvantage they might face. And then we have two auspice organisations, the Koori Youth Council, who's sort of the leading voice for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Victorians, and then the Victorian Student Representative Council, who's the voice for... Students in Victoria and do an amazing job.
0: That's incredibly comprehensive. That's really fantastic to hear. Yeah. So it's really it's really about advocating for the voice of young people in Victoria. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what does what does your role involve?
1: So it's a real mix. Um, a lot of it is conducting research and understanding what the research says about the best way to support young people and the whole community on particular topics. So one really easy example is the Royal Commission to Mental Health. Other things we're looking into at the moment include um, the youth justice system and what the research says are better ways to support young people in the justice system and examining what we can actually recommend to government as well as to the broader community about how we can do things in a better way. Of course, once we've done all that research, a big part of the job is actually writing about it and then going out and talking to people, both the community as well as politicians and people that are part of departments, encouraging them to do those things or better support young people.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And I especially really enjoy hearing about it falling into that age bracket. <laughs> <laughs> so being a young Victorian. <laughs> yeah, and I can say Yakvik uh, does really amazing work and we will link the website and the social media pages yeah, in the course. bio so people can check it out. I guess before we before we look into the Victoria Mental Health System Royal Commission, I found this interesting article, which I will link in the bio, but it was talking about how it, it might seem that we're having almost a proliferation of Royal Commissions in Australia, but it's just interesting to think about the role that they play in mm. the broader policy sphere. And like you say, it's usually they come about because of something, a really serious issue that's captured the public attention. As a sense, it's a deeper question of the role of the royal, of a royal commission and you know how we end up in a position for the victorian um, mental health system mm. where we have to where they've had to call an inquiry into it because it's obviously many people are falling through the gaps
1: yeah it speaks to how important the issue is both to the community as well as to the government most importantly about this royal commission to the victorian mental health system is the fact that the government have agreed to adopt all of the recommendations. So, if the commissioners make recommendations to completely overhaul the system, the government have already said that they will implement those, which really makes it a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to change the system for the better.
0: Yeah, that's really... Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And so, I guess, for a bit of context, you may have heard of a Royal Commission before, but essentially, it's one of the highest forms of inquiry that the government can call into a matter of importance. So... Uh, I think it was end of last year, the Victorian Premier called uh, an the inquiry. Commission? Yeah. yeah, so
1: one of the commitments of the Labour government mm. was to call a Commission into the mental health system because it was recognised there were lots of problems. Um, in my experience, raw commissions are called for things that really, really matter to mm-hmm. the community um, and really matter to government. And the Premier or Prime Minister or the government will call a raw commission. Um, point a range of commissioners we've got quite a few for the Royal Commission Mm -hmm. into mental health Um, usually people that are experts in a particular space and then they usually go out to the public and ask for feedback about the particular inquiry Um, so in this case in the Royal Commission to Victoria's mental health system um, earlier in the year they went out with their proposed terms of reference and asked for feedback about what that should look like and Mm -hmm. what they should be examining as part of the commission and then now they've called for submissions as part of sort of forming the initial part of the Royal Commission to Victoria's Mental Health System, which is this big submission we did.
0: I, ha- I had a quick look at the terms of reference just to get a sense of uh, what they're going to be focusing on. But it, So it looks like it's system-wide issues. That's what they want to look at.
1: Yeah. So they very specifically included the system um, because really... The outcomes for people in Victoria are really poor, so there are increasing rates of self-harm and suicide. It was fairly common to hear about people that just couldn't access mental health services. Um, it's been well known for quite some time that there is a gap in services, so you can often go to your GP to maybe ask about mental health concerns that you might have, but people don't often know where you can go after that. Mm-hmm. Um And so it's looking at that part of the system, but really it's become more broad now. It's looking beyond the system to what can we do before someone requires help because of a mental illness? Um, What are some of the factors that lead to that? So, for instance, in our submission, we spoke about things like homelessness, and technically that's not part of a mental health system, but people that are experiencing homelessness might be a greater risk of experiencing mental health issues. And in fact, they typically are overrepresented um, in experiencing mental illness.
0: Talking about the Yakovic submission, I was really interested to see that you really involved young people throughout the process of putting together the submission. I'd love if you could maybe talk us through how you approached the submission and why it was important to include
1: Yeah, that's totally right. We have this really strong commitment to young people participating in all of the work we do and we encourage everyone we work with or speak to to work with young people. Because like I said before, young people are experts in their own experience. Mm. Um, It's probably important to note that mental illnesses tend to emerge in the early stages of life so three quarters of mental health disorders will occur before the age of 24 Mm. so it means that it's particularly important that young people are heard as part of this process because by and large mental illness really really does affect young people the research suggests that if you co-design a mental health system with people that will use it or any system for that matter um It'll be better because they know what it looks like and what they need. And if you don't ask people what they need, you're not going to be able to create a system that actually works. And so that was really, really important to us and it's one of the really important recommendations. Um, So importantly, when we decided to put together this submission and when we do any type of policy work, we really try to engage young people as best we can. So it's really about allowing and supporting young people to lead our submission not telling them what they should be saying asking them what matters to them and then allowing them to lead us through the whole process so we put together a working group of 18 young people from rural and regional victoria um, with experiences of mental illness as well as the mental health system and they led the entire process so They came together over a number of meetings. They decided how we should go out and consult with other young people in the community. Um, They decided what those consultations should look like. And they also, um, three of those young people, co-facilitated those sessions. So... It meant that it wasn't an adult or a policy person leading the, leading the actual consultations. Um, it was a young person.
0: Out of out of those various workshops, what were? Do you want to talk us through some of the ones that jumped out to you personally, yeah, or that maybe Yakvik broadly found surprising, or maybe not surprising?
1: Yeah, I, there wasn't anything that necessarily surprised us because mm. it came up. But I think some of the things that surprised me were the the lack of access and some of the severity of the issues that young people, particularly in rural and regional Victoria, were facing. Mm. Um, So one of the things we decided to focus on right from the start was rural and regional Victoria. Mm -hmm. We work really closely with the whole youth sector and we knew that there would be thousands of submissions to this Royal Commission and we found out that it was unlikely to be a really strong voice going out and listening to young people in rural and regional Victoria and therefore. We needed to be able to go out and do that so those people were heard. What we found out was that young people in rural and regional Victoria have really poor access to services um, and often face barriers that young people in capital cities or Melbourne um, don't face. So a really good example is young people in one regional city told me explicitly that they can't go to the GP because it costs too much money and they don't bulk bill. And then they told me that when they um, are experiencing mental illness and need specialist support, so not just their general practitioner, but say a psychologist or someone really experienced in providing mental health services, um, that they couldn't access one because that type of person just wasn't available in their community wow. or they had to drive 50 kilometers away to get to one or to get to the nearest hospital so access came through really strongly i
0: mean i saw that there were a lot of recommendations it's quite in a few the submission. they all look really important would you want to talk us through some of the ones that jumped out to you
1: and we spoke specifically about things like prevention Um, improving community capacity. So as part of that, we were suggesting that mental health first aid training, which is a specific program largely developed in Australia, um, where you can provide a type of first aid aid training, but specific to mental health, that should be funded and provided to all people in Victoria, but specifically community members and young people and schools and families Mm -hmm. because the outcomes would be amazing. We'd better support young people to support their peers when they're having mental health issues as well as community members like sports coaches and teachers to better support young people when they do experience mental illness because at the moment a lot of people told us that they don't feel equipped to actually work with a young person when they're experiencing mental illness. Um, We then also spoke largely about particular areas where we thought were important, so homelessness, um, the experience of young people with disability and their mental health, um, Aboriginal young people, culturally and linguistically diverse young people, and then LGBTIQ plus young people, because we found that a lot of these groups were experiencing um, or had particular experiences of mental health and the mental health system that were really affecting how they could access services, but also how they were receiving help. And I'd encourage everyone to read the submission. Um, yes. It is quite long. There are 49 recommendations, but you can find it on the YACVIC website, which is yacvic.org.au.
0: Excellent. Thank you. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I, I'll second that recommendation. <laughs> definitely <you>. have have <laughs> <laughs> Definitely have a read-through because, yeah, I, I mean, it really... It's really quite sobering hearing about just how serious of an issue it is.
1: One of the things that really struck me uh, was that um, I've always grown up in areas where I could go to a bulk billing medical clinic and I yeah. might have to wait around for a couple of hours, but I would eventually see a doctor without any out-of-pocket costs. Um, but lots and lots of young people told us that in their community, that's just not available, that if they want to see a GP, they would have to pay upfront costs of, you know, after $80 for an appointment. And mm. that's just to a GP that they would then have to ask to be referred to a mental health service. So... There were just incredibly different experiences in rural and regional areas. The other thing that we heard from a lot of young people is that there was there were different factors that contributed to poor mental health. One of those um, for the LGBTIQ plus um, group of young people that we consulted with were that there's still a level of homophobia in rural and regional mm-hmm. Victoria mm-hmm. and so that contributed to their mental health and they said that if they were in an area that wasn't like that, their mental health would be much better. So lots and lots of unique experiences um, that in rural and regional Victoria particularly contributed to poor mental health. The other thing that was more um, positive was that those communities, rural and regional young people, felt that they could um, connect really strongly and that they wanted to come together to better support young people to work towards positive mental health and to hopefully avoid mental illness and support young people when they did experience mental illness. So there were definitely some positives as well.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, that's really good. What I'd be curious about is in talking about um, factors that contribute to poor mental health, w- w- what kind of insights did you get when it comes to stigma surrounding talking about mental health in the first place?
1: Yeah, I I was surprised that there was still a lot of Stigma about mental health mm. um, in rural and regional Victoria. I, you always expect there to be a level of stigma um, with anything, but
0: mm.
1: in particular, young people told us that it was just still so prevalent. Um, and in our submission, we explain the different types of stigma and its effects, um, but really young people were telling us that they didn't feel comfortable accessing services and they didn't feel supported to openly talk about their mental health all the time and what we know is that if people don't feel comfortable in openly talking about something um, then they'll self-regulate and not go out to actually seek help and access services and so one of the recommendations we made were to increase access and specifically fund access to mental health first aid training Mm -hmm. because the research suggested that Providing that training supported people to move past stigma, to better understand mental health and to reduce stigmatising attitudes and the outcomes of that would be that we would have a community in Victoria where people would better understand mental health, where young people would feel supported to openly talk about it and it would reduce one of the huge barriers people face when they need to access services and really should be accessing services included a vision statement at the start of the submission where we spoke about their idea for the future and they spoke about their idea for the future and that's the thing that really stood out for me there was this huge support for making the system better and we really hope that we can reach a place following this commission and have outcomes that actually support that vision that those young people identified.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. That leads to uh, a good
1: Segway. segue <laughs> into
0: what happens now. I, I actually looked this up myself. <laughs> the next steps in the Royal Commission process. Mm-hmm. And
1: For the commissioners, they'll do lots and lots of reading of the thousands of submissions that will have come in and they will then um, put out an interim report Um, in November this year, so November 2019, Mm -hmm. and that report will contain a summary of everything that they've heard and some preliminary ideas about what they might be able to do to change the system, and they'll then invite feedback on that report and all of the people across Victoria will be invited to give their thoughts about how that will work and won't work. And of course, Youth First Council of Victoria will provide another submission. And then, uh, the commission is expected to wrap up and provide its final recommendations. Um, late in 2020. So one of the really easy ways to stay involved with the Royal Commission is um, by connecting to the YACVIC website, so Mm -hmm. yacvic.org.au, which is Y-A-C-V-I-C.org.au. We have a range of resources on the website, not only updates about our submission and the Royal Commission itself, um, but we also have um, some self-care resources, because the reality is, is this... Um, content can be really heavy it can sometimes be difficult to talk about and even to read Um, and so it's important when contributing or being involved in just taking care of yourself Um, but you can be involved by connecting to Yakvik either as a member which you can do on the website or by writing into us um, or subscribing to our newsletter and what we work to do is to publish all of the different opportunities we have um that are available to young people in victoria so we'll publish um, paid opportunities where we um, invite young people to come in and pay them for their time of course and their expertise Um, and we also publish opportunities that other organizations across victoria might be providing young people Um, For young people that would like to stay in touch with the Royal Commission, the Royal Commission currently have an amazing website you can visit that have information and hopefully will soon publish all of the different recommendations. Um, But one of the easiest ways is probably to connect um, through YACPIC where we sort of get all the good bits and then publish them, make them available for everyone.
0: Yeah, Yeah. fantastic. And actually, you, you made a really good point about Self care and how this can be quite a heavy topic. So, if anyone is listening based in Australia, there are a couple of um, helplines that are available for you. So, there's Lifeline, which is one three one 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 four, and Beyond Blue, which is one three zero zero two two four. And you can read also um, Headspace is really an awesome organization and they provide free online and telephone support and counseling for young people in Australia. And if you're not in Australia, I still recommend, um, you know, if you're struggling in any way, definitely look out for ways that you can access support because it is it is a tough topic and it's a very common as well. Mental health issues.
1: Yeah, it's experienced by a lot of people. And importantly, if um, if you're reading through all this content, um, which can be quite long and include some really heavy case studies, it's important to make sure you have someone there for support um, so you can tap out if needed.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Luke, for your time.
1: Thank you. This has
0: been awesome. This is like my first official interview <laughs> well, What the very glad. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. And we'll see you next time.